live and festive in the public's holiday headquarters studio at WSB. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Every Saturday from 3 to 6, but uh, that 3 to 6 got crunched down to 5.30 to 6 today because of the basketball game. But that's all right because we are really going to pack this half hour with stuff. And I wanted to tell you that um, if you want to hear past shows and podcasts, go to PropagandaReportDaily.com. And uh, upcoming are a couple of uh, fan favorites. The Our show on December 23rd, which is next Saturday, I'm going to do my end of the year show, which is kind of looking back at 2017. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with my show, you don't know what that means. I'm not talking about the biggest stories, the biggest headlines, the biggest issues. I'm not talking about Russia hacking the election. I'm talking about the biggest propaganda memes, the biggest... PSYOPs, psychological operations, the biggest false flags, the biggest agenda items that the news was meant to influence you towards that. uh, That's what I look back at the year and say, what were the most what was the what were the amendments in the Bill of Rights that was most damaged in 2017? You know what I mean? I'm going to keep you uh, aware of what's the really important underlying issues. And then the following week, 1230, December 30th, uh, also from 3 to 6, they're full, my regular time, uh, we're going to look ahead to 2018, what to watch out for, what amendments I think are going to be under attack, and also look back on my previous predictions, what was good, what was uh, not so good. But you can contribute to all of this conversation. I love to include listener comments uh, through on these lists so you can go to at monica perez show on twitter or facebook go to our websites monica perez show.com or propaganda report daily.com so i did my show last week entirely about uh the dangers of of just quote believing the woman because you can really the whole point of the fifth amendment is to uh make sure allegations or um, prosecution or persecution or accusations uh, cannot be used for political purposes without actually proving them out through due process. So by by using lay people, regular not people in the government to make allegations, whether they're true or not, we don't know. That's the point that you don't really know that they are they are freed from that limitation that the government would need to actually arrest you. But it's still, in the case of Roy Moore, had a tremendous impact, whereas whereas when it happened to Clarence Thomas, he got through it because people still understood that fundamental difference. Now it looks like there's a a fundamental transformation going on where people are losing track of this important legal principle. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And my trusty sidekick Binkley is here with some good stuff on that. But I just want to point out something about... Uh, the Roy Moore defeat more generally. And that is, I, I all along with Trump, I, I was a big Ron Paul supporter. So when I saw Trump kind of fill that void of the disgruntled uh, grassroots on the right, I felt like it could very well be, I, I was pretty confident it was a setup, that he was there to, to, to tap into that emotion but without applying always those really strict principles that Ron Paul applied. And I, and I 
I thought at first it was just to kind of take back the GOP to get it back towards the establishment. And uh, but then I thought there was a possibility that it might even be a bigger a bigger idea that they're really in on it together at the top. And they and they really want to move us towards the left, towards more collectivism, both parties really um, colluding at some very high level. And I wonder with this Roy Moore thing, the way the GOP threw him under the bus, suggested write ins. I mean, obviously, that's a, a death blow to your candidate. And now there's a Democrat in that seat in Alabama, which is just stunning. And I think it's part of this movement to flip the South. And I wonder if Trump is really there to create a reaction. And uh, and I, I feel like that I've, I've wondered that for a while. Uh, and I kind of felt like even Brexit had a similar thing where the EU was quite weakened after their debt crisis. And perhaps the Brexit and associating that with nationalism uh, which is one step away in their minds from s- National Socialism, which is Nazis, which is what they're afraid of, which is why they decided to unify in the first place. Maybe it was meant to trigger a reaction. And as I was contemplating that and talking about that on the show today, I read an article in today's Wall Street Journal by Peggy Noonan talking about how uh, the that we should that we should take as a lesson from Roy Moore's defeat that establishment Republicans are the only way to win, the only way to have dignity, the only way to have credibility. She actually went so far as to say this is Peggy Noonan. She is an all-time Republican speechwriter and Wall Street Journal journalist, um, a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, I might add. This is her quote. Donald Trump has been a great gift to the Democrats. Opposition to him is the one thing that keeps them united. And uh, I and I when I when I see things happen like this, I, I often think they are not a an accident that they were intended. They were not unintended consequences, but intended consequences and consequences that I've been predicting for a long time. So I know that people don't like to hear that, but I just I think we need to keep our eyes open if we're uh, being bamboozled. But there is more uh, on that code to crack. But I want to get do something a little lighter since we don't have a ton of time. I want to Binkley. If you if you listen to the show, you know uh, my producer Binkley will has the has the intestinal fortitude to kind of monitor. Some of the the more radical stuff on the left. I mean, I can't even watch CNN. I can barely watch Fox because I think that's propaganda, too. But uh, at least the lies they tell are the lies that I, I you know, occasionally want to hear when they when they have like Judge Napolitano on, who's a libertarian. I really like him. And uh, so but Binkley kind of keeps his finger on the pulse of the of the propaganda that's happening on the left. So how are you doing, Binkley? Oh, I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I, I'm really talking fast because I feel like we have to jam a lot in. Pack it all in there. Let's take two minutes. What you got for me in two minutes that you think is uh, either the most egregious thing or the bit, the worst propaganda thing of the week? What's what's caught your interest? There's a whole lot of things that caught my interest. There was a story where somebody got fired because he did not believe the victim. This was an executive at Netflix. Really? I didn't hear that. Yeah, somebody at Netflix, an actor, was accused of rape that had been investigated you know, years ago, and they didn't find anything. One of the higher-ups didn't believe the story and accidentally told one of the victims that he ran into at a soccer game, didn't know it was a victim. He just said, we the don't believe The alleged victim. Do I? Yeah, alleged An alleged victim, exactly. right? Because the guy was – it was there, It was actually pursued and not – Right. Uh, right okay. Yeah. Didn't even know that this was a victim. She comes up to him, asks him why this actor 
why the Netflix has not conducted an investigation faster than the police, which apparently is currently looking into it again, and why haven't they already fired him? And he just said, because we don't believe the accusers. He loses his job. Oh, wow. So he was totally baited. Yep. No, so this is the thing that bothers me about a lot of this sexual this like theme that's happening, this wave, this movement, is that things like um, facing your accuser, being not facing double jeopardy, not having the same issue re adjudicated. Yeah, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, or um, having due process of law. It's retroactive evidence. Yeah, and, and all this stuff. Are, these are fundamental legal principles that keeps innocent people out of jail so that we have political power as citizens. That's right. what it's for. And this and in the realm of politics and obviously they're starting in media, but it's spilling over into the political realm. Very dangerous. Yeah. The communists don't like those things. So they're <laughs> trying to destroy it with this hashtag Me Too movement. You have some opinions on on the real can he in just like an easy to understand a little mind because you go real deep into the psychological <laughs> stuff. Give me yeah. give me like a pithy little mind vitamin that I can understand what you think is really going on here. The hashtag Me Too movement does not care about the individual victims. Not not in the least bit. This is not a movement out to get justice for females that have been victimized. This is a movement, this is a communist movement that is out to fundamentally transform society. That's why they only care about the number of victims and not the credibility of it, not whether they have a name, they can be anonymous. They are not trying to get justice for any one victim. That's very interesting because I'm an individualist as opposed to a collectivist. So even though I'm a hardcore libertarian, a lot of Republicans think that there's something wrong with me. My fund, The reason I am, you know, consider myself in that, that very large tent is that I believe in individual rights and responsibilities. And that is actually the the difference between the left and the right, in my opinion. And there is actually like, – our law is based on this individual rights and responsibilities. That is our fundamental law. So when you hear people talking about fundamental transfer, transformations from Obama on the left to Michael Chertoff, who worked for Bush, on the right – that that has to be what they're talking about. So there are ways that you can personally strike back at these guys, both through their corporate process and the legal process. And you're right. They don't want to do that. They want to clump people together. They want everyone to feel like a victim. And what do you think is the end game or what's your kind of last word on that? I think the end game ultimately is to create a social situation where the people think that the Bill of Rights and the justice system is the cause of all the social ills and needs to be destroyed. Oh, that's so interesting because I noticed that uh, there's an definitely on the right a similar movement. If you look at psychological operations, false flags, or even provocations or letting things happen on purpose, when you look at a lot of the terrorism, immigration, drug uh, war talking points – these are all used to step in and establish concepts of pre-crime, of surveillance, of monitoring, of taking, of having to register yourself, of having to always have an ID, of being monitored, prevented from, from uh, being persecuted because of what you say on social media. So that attack on our rights is coming from both sides. Binkley, we um, – boy, that was the fastest – Oh, no, we still have a little bit more time. Let me ask you what uh, you had. You told me there was some funny stuff that you found. I can't remember where you said you found it. Of um, you, Were you going to give me a multiple choice question? Well, I, I wanted to do I it I found for the a bunch of advice pack. from 
training experts, since everybody's confused about sexual harassment. There was a questionnaire or not? Yeah, I have a questionnaire. I can ask you one. I can give you one of the scenarios and see. So let me, I want to give away the prize pack. Um, I did want to play a game with it, but I think that'll take too long. So let me just give away the prize pack and then we can can have at our our fun. (laughs) Okay. So we do have a weekend prize pack from WSB. It's four passes to see Golden Globe Best Picture nominee The Shape of Water at participating AMC theaters and a family four-pack of tickets to an Atlanta Gladiators home game at Infinite Energy Arena. So the first to call 404-741-0750 can get that prize pack. And uh, Binkley, I guess I'll just have to. I can. I'm. I wanted to play your game myself. So let's just. Let me just play the game. Okay. Are we ready? I think so. Yeah. Before we play the game, I have to read you this one piece of advice that one of the sexual harassment experts gave a woman okay. named Susan Strauss. She does corporate training for sexual harassment. Her advice for asking out a coworker is: you just use common sense. If you ask somebody out and they say no. Then you immediately say, you know what, I'm sorry, I didn't intend for that to be <laughs> offensive, and I won't do it again. Oh, my gosh. Should I tell my story of when I was asked out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was, I was, this is terrible, I don't want to implicate anybody, but I was um, quitting my job, and my boss said to me, now that, now that you're not going to work for me anymore, I wonder if you might want to come with me to a swingers club. <laughs> so I, didn't, I was like, what's a swingers club? I was young, you know? It's like, well, everybody goes in and, you know, they kind of swap partners. <laughs> I was like, I said, look, buddy, definitely not. And I wasn't, I was, I wasn't even offended. I was just like, but let me just give you a pointer. You got a nice young lady like me. Yeah, take her out to a really expensive dinner. You buy some nice champagne. You hope for the best, you know. But at least you waited until after you were done working together. There was a gentleman about it. It was just such yeah. a bizarre, you know, request. I thought, does that ever work? <laughs> anyway, but he didn't at the end say, I'm sorry, I'm offended. He said. If you change your mind, Here's the thing. let me know. If he's asking people, it's eventually worked with somebody. It's eventually working, yes. It was I, I'm sure he's I'm sure he found it rewarding. All right, are you ready for this yes. scenario? Yeah. This is sexual harassment training. This is the teacher's copy, so I have the answers. Okay. So, so there's a right answer. Yes, there is a right a very clear right answer. <laughs> okay. Scenario. Brian and Joe, both in the same English class, sometimes make comments about what type of girls they like. One day, Brian says to Joe, I like him with little round butts in front of Jill, a girl who sits in the next row. Hold on. How bad is this going to get? That's this as is bad a family as show. Yeah, that, that's, that's as bad. We stay You're pretty young PG. young people. No standards. Okay. All right. And so he says that in front of Jill. Jill yeah, he him. says it in front of Jill, not to Jill, in front okay. of her. Brian laughs as usual. Jill told them that she found the comments disgusting and asked them to stop. Both Brian and Joe apologized to Jill. The next day, Jill once again overhears Brian in a loud voice tell Joe a similar comment. Brian and Joe then ignore Jill's confrontations, and Jill begins to feel helpless and upset. She found it is very difficult to concentrate in school. Now, here's the question. Is this sexual harassment? Um, yes, I would say it would. It does. Now, they didn't say it to her. She just keeps eavesdropping on their guy talk. Yeah, but they know she can hear him. Okay. The answer was yes. That's interesting. So I thought it was. I mean, I don't know what sexual harassment like. Are you supposed to take action? So you thought it wasn't, and I thought it was. My initial thought was that it was not because the way it's described is yeah, it wasn't intentional. Yeah. And somebody. But here's the thing. I'm conditioned to 
understand that the problem is how a person feels, which is why, right? So the fact that she, you said she felt bad, it doesn't matter if you even know she feels bad, you're, you know, in the, in the modern definition. But this is what leads me to the next step, which is when, um, you know, I wonder if, if, a, if a gal wears something super sexy to work where all the guys are wearing business suits and ties, if it makes the guys feel something, you know, right. is that is that harassment, even though she's just being herself? I, I don't think it's harassment because guys like that. <laughs> it's a gift. Yeah. It could be entrapment. It could get them in trouble because all of a sudden they're like, nice skirt. You know, what do you mean by that? I know, they bait you. <laughs> they bait you. I don't want to get too close to blaming the victim. I'm just saying if the standard is subjective, how the other person feels, regardless of if you're aware of it yeah. or you're intended it, are guys allowed to walk around and say, I'm going to counter sue you because you've got a great body. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you didn't mean to. You couldn't help it. Honestly, I think that's where they're they're going. And why do you think they're doing that? To make it impossible for people to not become accused. And what does that mean? It keeps guys on their heels? Yeah, basically if you set up conditions where even if you look or glance and, and you make a wrong face, which I read stuff about people giving people looks and that being perceived as harassment. Yes, yes I do see, I think probably... Uh, PC stuff in other arenas is is more advanced than that, and it gets to the point where you can't have humor, you can't relate to each other. It actually it makes the barriers between us to the extent that identity erects barriers. It makes them worse because then there's no way to reach out, no way because humor is such a great icebreaker. But when you get like that, it really eradicates humor, and uh, and I think that's right. nerve wracking. You know what it's going to do? It's going to drive men into the virtual reality world yes. to find women. sex bots. Yeah, and sex bots. They're yeah. going to be getting it from all... Well, this reminds me... I might have mentioned this last week. Dean, where did Dean go? Uh, turn me on to this. It was Agenda 2030, the UN kind of next gen of Agenda 21, talks about... I think it was Chapter 5 said they want gender roles eradicated. Now, and gender to eradicate gender roles, and of course, I always think this stuff is ultimately about population control. So if you put all the women in the workplace and chase all the men out, yeah. you're just simply not going to be able to produce as many offspring. Right. The The story your grandpa tells about how he had to ask your grandmother out three times before they finally went out, it's going to be different. It's going to be asked her out once she said no. She accused me of sexual harassment three times before <laughs> finally saying yes. Well, maybe it's like really the ultimate in in control, in population control and social control, is that they want to take out that any kind of mating or family or any of that from yeah. from reproduction. Right. I mean, because if you read sci-fi like I used to, it's always in the end they, they grow babies in tubes and they can control things. They can control what you look like, how you act what your your personality type all that stuff and they are actively doing research on how they're to do doing this. that now they're doing they're mixing chromosomes and making babies with same sexes genetic engineering well i talked about years ago parent babies with three parents and i, yeah. I chuckled speculatively that the doctor who was doing that kind of quasi legally here was probably trying to make a super soldier for the army right. only to find out later the guy <laughs> Move from that job to Walter Reed Hospital, which is the Army Research Hospital. Oh, wow. I, I mean, that was scary to me because I was kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought.
So Let me ask one more question yeah, to you because I think it's relevant. The answer was yes. They said yes because those two created a hostile environment that made it hard to concentrate, for anybody to concentrate. So anybody could accuse them, really. Well, but, let's just say no talking in class. No, you know, Let's no go talking. back to the old. What if you write a note and somebody else reads it by accident? Now that I would say no, no, no. Yeah, you have well, absolutely no right to read a note. I wouldn't read a note that fell out of my door. What if it no falls way. in your lap by accident? No. Your eyes overlook nope. it. Okay, no, here's no, the follow-up no. question. What else could Jill have done to make it stop? And that's how they phrased it, to make it stop. Were there assigned seats? Because that's, I just walk away. No, I think Jill follows them around. <laughs> See? With a cup this is, listening. This is your experience from your perspective. But, uh, no, I, I actually think you should avoid trouble. They uh, specifically say that's the wrong answer. So I'm in trouble now. The I answer they fired. say, yeah, most people would like to make the victim responsible by saying things like, she should just walk away, or it's <laughs> not the boy's fault that she can't take a joke. However, responsibility for preventing sexual harassment relies on all people involved. It is never the victim's fault for being sexually harassed. But, see, this just takes out the... You have to start at the beginning. Why did people like super conservative, old fashioned people not want women in the workplace, maybe or or a little more recently and a little more understandably not want women in the army because right. they just there's a biological reality that this is. I mean, it's like this is how especially at a certain age, people just think about that stuff all the time. They go on to say that the problem is that it's difficult to control someone else's behavior. It's difficult to control your own behavior sometimes, you know? Anyway, well, ah, that's it. We're done. Can you believe it? If you want to hear more of this, these are what our podcasts are like. If you want to hear the WSB show where we take calls, either way, our feed on PropagandaReportDaily.com will give you many hours of enjoyable listening. Next week, I'm on 3 to 6. Thank you very much. This is Monica Perez.